Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello there, Compassionate Educator. So welcome to the show and also welcome to a new year. I hope that you and all of your loved ones are happy, healthy, and safe. We actually, over the holidays, had quite a bit of sickness running through our house. So my hubby, well, he's still sick. He's been sick for over a week now. And my uh, two-year-old has been pretty sick. So hopefully everybody is now on the men's. And we can get our household back to being healthy um, as well. So that being said, I want to talk today about something that can lead us to feeling quite unhealthy and not just in terms of sickness, but something that can really have people feeling Uh, unhealthy physically, emotionally, mentally, even spiritually, and that is burnout. So I first became interested in compassion fatigue, secondary trauma, and burnout a few years ago. And so I've been doing quite a bit of research and figuring out some of the best approaches to really I try and mend this and find out what I can do to make it better uh, for others. So I found this really fascinating survey by James Anthony on not waiting for Superman. He has used a teacher burnout assessment tool that he created and surveyed over 9,000 teachers. And this was just published... I was going to say this year, (laughs) but it is now in 2019. It was published in the summer of 2019. And there are some really fascinating results from the survey that was completed by over 9,000 teachers. So I want to tell you a little bit more about that. What he found is that over 50% of teachers are working well over 40-hour work weeks. That is unsustainable. Unsustainable? There we go. (laughs) Unsustainable in so many ways, especially for teachers who have other uh, priorities, you know, after the work day is done. So, If you have family or you have a second job or you're a caretaker, you know, working over 40-hour work weeks, that really puts a lot of pressure on you, okay? And that can start to lead to some symptoms of burnout, just that over-demanding schedule. You know, I know that as teachers, it can be It can be challenging to find enough time to sleep, but I didn't realize how bad it was. So only a quarter, you guys, only a quarter of teachers get at least seven hours of sleep each night. And we know that sleep is a basic human need. And to not be getting at least seven hours, that can have a big impact on your health. So 
I want you to really assess how much sleep you're getting. And if it's under seven hours, what can you do to shift that and to make some changes? So the teachers that I work with in my coaching program, I really try to make it a priority to help them take a deep look at their schedules and really make sure that they are addressing their own needs because we know that if we are not getting what we need just in terms of, you know, just in terms of sleep that we're talking about now, then you can't be at your best in their classroom and you're not able to function as well as you need to for your students, for your family, for others that depend on you. So what can you do to shift yourself into that seven to eight hour sleep at night, okay? This should not be looked at as, oh, an extra bonus of self-care. No, this should be a priority. This should be a must. This is on the must-do list for 2020, getting enough sleep because that impacts so, so much. Um, also, you guys, only 35% of teachers feel that they have a work-life balance. Uh, over the summer, my friend and fellow social worker and coach Tisa Thompson and I, we had a really great discussion um, on the Facebook page about work-life balance, and we had a mini workshop in which we looked at the entire work-life balance model and structure and seen what can be done to create more of a balance because we know if you're not feeling balanced, then that can lead to a higher rate of burnout. And another statistic, I'm not waiting for Superman, only 18% of you guys feel that you are able to concentrate well at school and at home. Only 18%. And I get it. I completely do get it. I mean, there have been days when, you know, I was at school and I just felt like I'm running from one place to the next, putting out fires, you know, handling all of these different situations that come up and you know, not able to really focus on what my lesson and what my schedule of the day was supposed to look like because there were all these other crises to put out. However, this should not be the norm. So the lack of concentration at school, it shouldn't be happening every day. And if it is, you know, let's talk about that further because we know that the higher a teacher's stress level is, the lower the student outcomes. So I know that as educators, we are often perfectionists. <laughs> and so oftentimes this perfectionism can also lead to higher rates of stress. And I also know that as compassionate educators, you want the highest level of student outcomes possible. So 
again, I'm going to say that by taking care of you, you are actually helping to take care of your students because the higher your stress level is, the lower um, your students are going to be achieving academically and the higher the rate of behavior issues in the classroom. So when you are taking care of yourself, when you are putting on your oxygen mask, when you're getting enough sleep, when you're getting the support that you need, then you're going to naturally be able to lead your students to have better outcomes, which in turn is going to help you feel better about your job. And, you know, when your students are performing higher, then you're going to have less stress. So do you see how this is all really a circle, right? So when you reduce your stress, your students are performing higher. When your students are performing higher, then you have less stress as well. Okay, <laughs> so I really want you to take this into consideration because I care about you guys. <laughs> I am sick of hearing all these statistics about how teacher burnout is at an all-time high and half of new teachers are leaving the profession in five years. Let's make some shifts. And I'm also concerned because I know that there are a lot of physical repercussions of this burnout trap. So if you're not sure if you're experiencing burnout, let me ask you this. Have you had any physical symptoms such as headaches, stomach aches, chest pains, dizziness that just seem to be ongoing, that seem to get worse during the week and maybe sometimes resolve itself during the weekend? Or Maybe it continues through the weekend because you are bringing all of your work home with you every weekend and you're spending all of that what should be time to get some balance in your life and you're using that for work. Now, if you're bringing work home, okay, this used to be me <laughs> before I had kids and my sole focus was on that job that I had in the high school. So when I would work from home on the weekends or in the evenings, it brought me joy and I was really excited about it and I loved creating things that were for my students and so it's something that made me joyful. Okay, so if it makes you joyful, <laughs> then that is fine. You have my blessing. Go and create and produce as much as you want, okay? But if it's not bringing you joy... And I've been thinking about Marie Kondo, and she talks about this in organizing your home, but in organizing your work-life balance, does it bring you joy? If you are bringing work home on the weekends and it's not bringing you joy, then we need to find a way to shift some things around, okay? And if you need an outside perspective to help with this, reach out to me because I love, love, love helping teachers to achieve a greater work-life balance, okay? So really consider how your body feels. Consider your thoughts. Consider your feelings about the situation, about the circumstances you're in, and 
right now, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge. Can you do that? Just acknowledge right now where your stress level is. So on a scale of zero being, wow, I have no stress. My life is absolutely perfect and wonderful (laughs) and unicorns and all that good stuff. And on the other side, we have 10 where 10 is basically, I am about to check myself in because physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm about to fall apart. Okay. And this is very serious. So if you are on that way other end of the spectrum, if you are on 10, first of all, know that you're not alone, right? And there is absolutely no need for guilt, blame, shame, self-judgment. Please, please, please have compassion for yourself because you are doing such important work, but it can be so overwhelming too. Okay, so I want you to acknowledge where you are. Or, of course, you know, most of us fall somewhere in between. So on a scale of 0 to 10, where are you in your stress level right now? So the first step is just to acknowledge. The second step, are you ready to take the second step? The second step is to practice self-compassion. There is another episode, I believe it's episode number two, where I talk about radical compassion, but within that I also talk about radical self-compassion. So if you want more information about how to have compassion for yourself and what that looks like, go back to episode number two in the Compassionate Educators show and give that a listen, okay? The last step is to commit to doing something. And what I mean by that is do something for yourself. Ask for help. That is a big one. I highly, highly, highly urge you to seek out support. That looks different for everybody. So that could be seeking the support of family or friends. However, I do want to bring a word of caution here that chances are if you're feeling pretty stressed, if you're feeling that you're close to burning out, your family and friends probably know this and they are hopefully very empathetic. However, you know, I know that family and friends can often just do the okay, well, it will get better. I'm here for you. It will get better. (laughs) And it doesn't always lead to a change. Okay, so I'm going to ask for you to think about your circle of support right now. And is there someone in your circle of support that can truly help you make some shifts to truly go back to step two and have some self-compassion? Because that can lead to higher rates of of satisfaction and lead you to create circumstances that allow you to have more work-life balance. And that leads to having less stress, higher job satisfaction, higher student achievement. Do you see how this is all interconnected? So this is all woven together. 
So look at your supports. And if you're having a hard time identifying someone, you know, maybe looking at getting either professional help or like I said earlier, I'm also here for you. You can reach out to me. You can connect with me. And like I said before, I love helping teachers create a plan to achieve higher rates of job satisfaction and lower stress, higher self-compassion. This is my passion. So if you are looking at your support circle and you're just not feeling that it's giving you, you know, what you need at this moment in time, even though you have people who love you, who care about you, maybe they are just not in a place to offer that game plan. And sometimes it just helps to have an outside perspective. All right, so at this point, I hope that you have a pretty clear understanding that you truly are not alone. If you are feeling high levels of stress, like 93% of teachers are, if you are in that category, if you are feeling that you just don't have the balance that you need, that you are close to burning out, then please, please, please acknowledge where you are on that stress level. Practice self-compassion and commit to asking for help. Asking for help is never a sign of weakness. It is always a sign of strength because then when you ask for help, you are committing to going to the next level and you are committing to yourself and to, to your students that you are going to be present for yourself and for them. Okay, so I want to invite you now to join our Facebook group community, the Compassionate Educators group on Facebook, because this month in January, I will be hosting trainings on what I have coined the risk trifecta. So we spoke about one of them today, which is burnout. I'm also going to be having some trainings on compassion fatigue and secondary trauma. And we're going to discuss the differences between these three and how to really address these risks. So I would love for you to join us over on Facebook in the Compassionate Educators group. So on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, we are going to be really digging deep into the risk trifecta and if you are not able to join us Sunday afternoons, don't worry. All of the trainings are going to be recorded and hosted within the group, so you can always come back to it, okay? So with that said, please do something to take care of you today. If you need any extra support, reach out, and I hope that this information was valuable to you today. <music>